Welcome, Gasheads, to a special Gascast Scouting Report. I'm joined by Laurie from the Lonely Season podcast. We're speaking tonight about a couple of players that Rovers have been heavily linked with, but we haven't actually had any sign-ins as of yet. We're recording this on a Thursday night, so fingers crossed this could all be done and dusted by the weekend. Tommy Widrington of ex-Coventry fame has once again cast his net across the land to find the best players, and once again, he's landed at the Rico Arena. Let's start with the first and the strongest link, Tom Davis. Um, from what I've been able to research, 27-year-old centre-back, six foot one, which is taller than most of the centre-backs we go for. Uh, seems a good egg. He scored, he's played 50 games in the last two years, so not too many games. Laurie, what are we looking at as a centre-back here? Um, what you're looking at here is a very traditional... League One slash League Two um, centre back, so he's not the most cultured player in the world, but he does have kind of aspirations to be a bit of a kind of Franz Beckenbauer. In recent weeks and months, he started trying to kind of ping diagonal crossfield balls um, out of central defence, which hasn't always gone down that well with our manager Mark Robbins. Um, but his main attributes are he will just head absolutely anything, like regardless of how dangerous it is, how high it is, and he will just get there and put his head in it. It won't always be like the most accurate header in the world, um, but he will get there. He also just puts his foot through everything. He basically, in League Two, I think the top end of League Two, he really found his level and that was when he enjoyed his strongest spell with Kov. He was alongside Jordan Willis and Dom Hyam. Dom Hyam's now our kind of preeminent centre-back, but at that time Tom Davis was in the ascendancy, so it was kind of him and Willis. Um, and he'd come from Portsmouth before and kind of had a bit of an indifferent spell there, but once he got a string of games with us, he's, he was just very reliable at, at League Two level. It's a it's a bit harder for him here um, in League One, and he hasn't played that many games this year. And that's not because he's been bad. It's because our other two centre-backs, Willis and Haim, have basically been excellent. Like, Haim was our player of the season. Jordan Willis is about to move to Luton to go to the Championship. So, it was the best part of our team, and he just couldn't, couldn't force his way in, really. And there were a few injuries, and he'd always step in and do a reasonable job. Um, Mark Robbins... Seemed to like him a lot of the time, but also would get frustrated with him. For instance, at Portsmouth away recently, he got hauled off with 15 minutes to go when we were kind of backs to the wall because Robbins had just had enough of him um, losing the ball in dangerous areas or just not quite being up to the physical battle, which was strange for for Davies, but it kind of proved that Mark Robbins had slightly run out of patience with him, was just like, as soon as I can get my two favourite boys back in, aka Willis and Hyam, I will. And Davies, you're not um, included in that bracket. And there was kind of a strange moment at the end of the year as well where it seemed like he was being offered a contract because there was an option for us to take another year. Um, and we had seemingly exercised that option only to then change our minds a day or so later. And that has since become clear why that happened we've signed this guy called McFadzian from Burton um, and all the Burton fans are really soz about it because 
he seems to be excellent. So I think what happened is McFadden became available, or we just lobbed all the Tom Davies money plus a bit more at McFadden, and he was up for it. So that was why we didn't keep Davies on. But um, I think considering the season Rogues have had this year, um, he's a really really good signing. Like I'm disappointed to see him go uh, on a footballing level. Um, which is tempered by the signing of McFadden. But also, he's in Coventry folklore for his general behaviour and demeanour at the end of last season. Like We haven't been promoted for like 20, 30 years. And he stamped on a Notts County player in the first leg of the playoffs, um, kind of completely off the ball, just stamped on them. Um, this got caught by the video ref and Davies was banned for the second leg and the final obviously a stupid thing to do but he he was already kind of liked by everyone because he just seemed to be a bit of a cheeky chappy and he put this post up on twitter that said um when he'd like appealed the ban and it got turned down he said something like um oh well no point crying over it the firm will get the job done and the firm turned out to be his like slang name for the team and like all of his mates and when Tom Davies then couldn't play in the final when we got there, he took the slightly <laughs> left field approach of getting on the train at Cov with like a plastic bag full of tinnies and then just getting slashed on the train with all the Cov fans on the way to Wembley. And I'm not sure you can do much more to endear yourself to a fan base when maybe, yeah, some, some people thought you were stupid for getting sent off, but we won the playoff final, we got promoted. And there's Tom Davies, like, drinking cans with the boys. It's just, it was just amazing. Um, and I, on my blog, I've written about him quite a lot just because I'm a big fan um, and ended up getting with a dialogue in a dialogue with him about something. Um, and at the end of this season, he sent me a message and he's going to send me a, a signed shirt to my house, like, completely apropos of nothing. He was just like, do you want a shirt, mate? I'll get it sorted for you. So... Currently waiting for my Tom Davies signed shirt every day. I haven't been to work for two weeks, just waiting for it to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Worth standing for. You don't want to miss that, do you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He sounds like a yeah, exactly what we need. Um, kind of no no nonsense centre back. Um, a little bit taller. So I don't know if you know Tom Lockyer, our um, captain, um, has left. He let his contract run down. He's um, currently said he was on um, Radio Bristol tonight saying he's got maybe three or four championship clubs that are going to make him an offer. Um, so it sounds like Davis can kind of be in a, a bit of a slot in replacement, um, kind of about a little bit older, maybe a bit a little bit more streetwise. Um, and, I mean, Tom will put his body on the line, kind of similar similar thing. And actually what you were saying about the diagonal balls is um, exactly like Lockyer. He kind of gets it from centre-back, looks up, see someone on the opposite wing and smashes it 20 yards over their head <laughs> quite consistently. <laughs> so what, um, on, so that's quite like a lot of positives there. What, what would you say are his negatives, the kind of certain types of players that he struggles against, like quick players or bigger players? Um, well, the Portsmouth game was maybe a good example. He, he just got a little bit bullied there, but, that was kind of a one-off. Normally, he he revels that. Like, the more physical, the better. Like, you don't really want a game where um, maybe there's 
kind of a high press from the other team and he's under pressure to play lots of like if you play out from the back I don't know if you're like Kov like we seem to do it to an extreme amount where if we're playing out from the back and there's a high press from the other team you don't really want Tom Davies doing like HGV turns on the edge of his own box trying to like get it out to the fullbacks because um like it's heart and mouth stuff um so I think like away from home particularly um, maybe when you're under pressure playing against physical teams, that's when he'll really come into his own. Maybe games where he has a little bit more time on the ball. Yeah, but there have definitely been times this season where people have thought, wow, his passing's getting a lot better because um, he he can pull off those crossfield passes. But yeah, I think he's probably most vulnerable to like small, quick players who are a little bit more intelligent and will kind of drop in, drop off um, the last defender and try and turn him. But I suppose that's slightly more rare um, in League One. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see him play like a, a lot of games because if he's coming in to be first choice, then you're getting him at his peak. So he never really got that run of games with us because he was never really considered first choice. So at, at the end of the promotion season from League Two, he was definitely first choice. And then he got that red card against Notts County. So missed half the playoffs and the final. Um, but yeah, if if you've got him playing 30, 35 games a season, I think there's definitely a player in there to, to develop because he hasn't really had that over the last two, three seasons. Sounds great. Um, so the other player... Uh, that is, this has only come out in the last couple of days we've been linked with is yet another commentary player. Uh, you're right back, Jack Grimmer, um, 25 years old, six foot, which is reasonably tall for a um, for a fullback, um, was in the League Two Team of the Year, I guess, and that was when you were promoted through the playoffs. Um, he has said his goodbyes on Twitter. He hasn't said where he's going or anything. Um, it seems a bit... Well, you were a bit surprised when we spoke about this earlier. Um, is it a bit of a shock that he's off? It's not a shock that he's off at all. I think everyone could have told you probably from about October that he was going to leave. But because he, he's just so unfortunate. He's probably one of Mark Robbins' most successful signings um, for that League Two promotion campaign. Basically ever present. I think he even won league two player of the month as in best player in league one for one month it was either like september or october some month when no one else was trying and he didn't do anything particularly good but he's he was just a very reliable league two fullback he's good going forward he was it he wasn't league two he's good going forward he could kind of occasionally beat a man um and then was something of a threat going forward. He was a little bit suspect defensively at times, um, but he would be the first name on our team sheet every week just because he was just a reliable fullback who you knew what you were going to get from him. He had a really good attitude. Um, he, and then what happened? He scored. So he scored some. He has an eye for not only the sensational goal, but the sensational goal in really, really big games. So he scored. Uh, a great individual effort against Stoke in the FA Cup third round to send us through um, against Shakiri and Pals. And he also scored probably one of the best goals that, that's that been scored at Wembley in the last like two or three years. 
um, to send us 3-0 up against Exeter, like a swerving, curling effort from outside the box with his wrong foot, um, which, as you can probably imagine, no one was expecting. Um, so, yeah, he has that in his locker. But then the first signing Mark Robbins made this season was we have this kind of link with Chelsea somehow through our like scouting system. And he got offered Chelsea's best young right back, this guy called Dujon Sterling, who when we played at Rovers this year away and you licked us like 4-1 or 3-1 or whatever it was, he was having his really, really ropey patch. I think he got pulled off at half time. Um, he was just finding League One like a bit much. But then within about, he got pulled out of the firing line there. But within about two or three games, he'd found his feet and then was just by far our best player for like three, four solid months. Um, almost every goal we scored had something to do with him. He scored, um, or was it, he assisted just an incredible solo effort where he ran from his own box to the opposition's box um, and either scored or served somebody else. And so basically Jack Grimmer was then competing against a player who was just far, far better than him. And it's just unfortunate that he was a kind of fan's favourite and it wasn't really a position that everyone would have said we needed to strengthen in. Like, if you'd asked fans at the beginning of the year, they wouldn't have said right back. They would have said definitely left back, definitely centre back, definitely striker, definitely central midfield. No one would have said right back. But Robbins obviously just got offered and you just don't turn down someone that good. And Sterling, after that wobble, just didn't really give up his spot or get injured. So it was really unfortunate for Jack because um, he's done loads of stuff in the community with the club. I think he got voted as like community player of the season as well with us because um, I suppose when you're not playing, you need to find other things to do. So he was just like hanging out at loads of like schools and hospitals and stuff and just like being like an all-round good guy. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty sad way for his Cov career to end because I think he played maybe like nine or ten times this year, like coming off the bench and the writing's been on the wall for a while. Um, but what you're getting is, yeah, like you say, he's he's a decent size, so he's not like vulnerable from like long balls particularly. Um, he loves getting forward, probably needs to work on his defending, but he's probably, he is what he is now. I don't think he's going to get that much better than he is now but it's it's a very reliable signing and I can't imagine he's particularly expensive so um, yeah I don't really know what your fullback situation was but I think if we hadn't had we're in a really bad situation now because now we've gone from having two really good right backs to having zero because Sterling's left and that's why these kind of loan decisions are always a bit weird because you're like well obviously we want a better player but if the collateral effect of that is for our other player to be like well I'm leaving then because I've just been completely ignored um, and I was one of the players of the season to get you promoted so now we, we're out in the market as well looking for a right back um, but hopefully Robbins has got something else off his sleeve because yeah it'll be sad to see Grimmer leave Yeah we've tended to shy away from especially this season we've had like one loan sign in um Osho from Reading who just came literally to sit on the bench so we could send out our own youth player out on loan so it's it's a difficult one we've we've kind of flirted with having loan players in the team especially in our league two season um but it 
like you said, if, if you're going to get a player in just to make one of your players sit on the bench and get pissed off and then leave at the end of the season, you're in the situation where you've got no players. So it's, it's a difficult one. Um, so you mentioned uh, Jack's uh, work in the community and that's, is he as popular with the fans as uh, Davis or is he a couple of notches below? Um, I think he's... Well, him and Davis were like thick as thieves. They were like really good mates. Um, and I, I think Grimmer, <laughs> he had more like popular support than Davis. I think loads of people, like these ridiculous comments on Twitter, like um, Grimmer's been treated disgracefully this season by Mark Robbins. Like he's been like left on the bench to rot all season. It's like, well... Football is at once a game full of sentiment and completely lacking in sentiment. Like, if there's a better player in the squad, you'd be a very bad manager to just pick the worst player because he's your mate. Um, and I'm sure fans would have jumped on Robbins' back for that reason if he'd gone down that path. So I think it's really come out because of this situation quite how much people like Jack Grimmer or quite how much people just... Um, started to idolise him in his absence because he's by no means a perfect player but for every game he didn't start he seemed to become more and more perfect in everybody's eyes um, despite the fact that Sterling was just a delight to watch for the majority of the season so yeah he was really well liked by the fans um, and yeah he built up a good rapport with supporters so I, I think he's, he's much more of a clean cut kind of um, post pictures of him as his mum and his sister on Twitter all the time, whereas Tom Davies is a bit more like uh, what's he up to? Jack the Lad, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, I mean, yeah, both of those sound like they could fit in really well at Rovers if if it comes off. I mean, we might have been speaking about these now and they go off to Barnsley, so who knows? <laughs> I think if Tom Davies signs, though, that will increase the probability of Jack Grimmer signing by a lot. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, we're going to catch up with Harley from Gascast and get his thoughts and uh, where these two might slit and slot into the uh, into the squad. But for now, Laurie, I'll let you go. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. So, Harley, sounds like Tom Davis... Could he be the answer to the lock-shaped hole in our squad, do you reckon? Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? I think um, I think the lock-shaped hole for me is probably going to be more in the dressing room, given that he was captain and he's been a massive presence around the club for so long. Um, I actually heard him talking on the radio, Radio Bristol, um, basically saying goodbye. And the passion he spoke about Rovers with is, I think, something we're going to massively lose. So... To get a player in the by Coventry by the sounds of it from Coventry fans is kind of a real you know the fans get behind him and he really kind of drives the team on. Um, I think that's kind of what we need, you know, a leader on the pitch. Um, and for all the positivity about Locks, you know, I think he's been good, but he's he's quite he's quite frustrating. Um, you know, he's not got goals in him, and he always does win in the air, but he's not exactly huge, is he? So. I'm kind of excited to see how this one um, turns out, I think, if we do get him in. Yeah, he's, he's, he sounds like he's a bit more in the mould of like Tony Craig, put your head in kind of thing. 27, a really good age, a little bit taller than Locks. 
And from what uh, Laurie was saying before, he's, he's in for the battle a little bit more. So hopefully, and he was he kind of sung his praises, really. Um, hopefully, we'll be seeing him on the train down to Temple, uh, down to Paddington, a few cans with the lads before uh, <laughs> glory through the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, well, I, mean, I mean, to be honest, if you look back at what we've had under Daryl, a lot of it is down to kind of what's happened with the fans, you know, them all going out on a night out and inviting the fans over. And there's like a great relationship with the fans and the players. We kind of lost that recently. And obviously I'm not expecting the bloke to get pissed on the train every week, but anything that kind of bridges that, that gap that I think a lot of people are feeling since losing our heroes recently. I said before on podcast, we've lost our heroes. We need a few more of those, you know, that bridge the gap between the players and the fans. And I think he sounds like that kind of player. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We said before, well, we, I think we said, I think at the end of last season, when we lost quite a few of the, the kind of playoff winners and the, the league two winner, uh, kind of going up through league two and that now it feels like there's, Almost none left. It's Ollie Clark now, is it? Is he anyone that I can think uh, of that era? From from the non-league to the League One promotion sides, I can't imagine there's anyone other than Ollie Clark. There's probably someone that we've missed. But yeah, I think it was always going to be hard to get past that. And I think now is, you know, we're going to be bringing in a lot of different players. A lot of players are going to leave. Um, this is an exciting time, I think. Um we kind of just got to see and hope that Graham gets it right. But we're not going to be going for, you know, I don't see a splashing cash. So players that are out of favour at other clubs are always going to be our route, I think. And when you've got glowing endorsement from opposition fans, that normally proves to be a good thing. So, you know, hopefully that proves to be the case. Yeah, and him being out of contract, obviously, fantastic news. And same for... The other commentary player that we've been linked with, Jack Grimmer, um, also out of contract, said his goodbyes on Twitter and all that. He's 25, uh, good age. He's a bit more attacking, by the sounds of it, uh, than the options we have. Do you think he's going to be pushing James Clark for a place, or do you think he's just going to go straight in there? I find it a really hard one, because I do, I've said before, I do believe that we need a more attacking option on the right, so I'm, I'm all for it. Um, you look at the left, we've got um, Holmes Dennis and then Kelly is kind of the sitter. The Kelly is the James Clark on the left, you'd really say. And uh, Holmes Dennis more the attacking one. And I think that's kind of what we'll go for on the right. So you've got James Clark to sit and then you've got the option of um, Grimmer going down the right as a more of a wing back. But I mean, it's difficult because I'm full of praise for James Clark from last season to kind of endorse him losing his spot is kind of harsh but in terms of style of play I do think we need more more width um, one way or another and it's nice to have options but I can't imagine Grimmer's going to be coming in to not play so it's going to be an interesting one definitely but he, he sounds a good signing I think the right age former league two team of the year you know like I said we're not going to be going for players that are on the top of their game realistically but this guy has shown enough for, for me just looking online that he's you know he's done something in the past and he's just fallen out of favor and I'm all for giving him a shot where do you think that leaves Partington I'm surprised that we offered Partington a deal to be honest but I think the only the only way he f- fits into the squad, and I say squad rather than lineup for me, is he's he's quite versatile. He's played in centre mid before, and I think he's probably quite a low earner, making assumptions from the fact we got him from Eastleigh. 
um, and gave him his big break, you could call it, I suppose. Um, I think because we're lowering the numbers in the squad, Graham said that publicly, I believe, that he's not going to have as many players in the squad next season. Um, someone like Partington, like a 6 out of 10, plays across the whole of the defence and maybe could drop into centre mid in an emergency. You know, maybe that's a useful option to have. And, I mean, Partington's been criticised quite a lot because he is made of glass, unfortunately. But he's shown he's a decent player in the past. So if he does choose to stay, which I think is debatable because I can't imagine the offer given to him was particularly great, um, I think he'll probably just be a squad versatile player. I don't think we'll see too much of him. But yeah, sad because I think he's been he's been a good servant to the club in terms of his attitude and stuff. Seems a good egg. Well, we'll leave it there. Um, as always, if you like this, uh, wherever you listen to it, subscribe to get some more. Uh, we're having our end of season review next week, uh, so look out for that on the old podcasts and Twitter and everywhere. Um, that's it for now. Up the gas. Up the gas. <laughs>